0: I'm Denise Bailey, and I'm Dr. Monica Parker, and you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias.
1: As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia.
0: And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders.
1: We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel.
0: And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Hi, Dr. Monica. Hi, Denise. How are you? I'm doing well. Good, good, good. Well, today we'd like to talk about socialization and um, how it's very important for someone with Alzheimer's or dementia to be social and to be around people. Um, I remember when I first brought my parents to you and uh, you met my father and you could tell right away that he was just the social butterfly. And he loved people and loved to talk. And you encouraged that.
1: That's because your father was cheerful. (laughs) (laughs) And you could tell that he really liked um, talking about his running because he was a little track star. Uh, So when you start talking about socialization for uh, persons with um, dementia or cognitive impairment, whatever word you want to use, and even Alzheimer's, you have to kind of couch that, and put it in perspective. So it's got to be socialization and activities that are geared for the level of the person who's participating.
0: Something that's not too difficult and too taxing for them?
1: Something right exactly. So take as an example people say oh let's put mommy in adult daycare. Well you put mommy in adult daycare simply because adult daycare provides a structure for people to operate in and people who are cognitively impaired need structure they need structure because they can't do it independently so regimenting if you will or organizing their day from this time like they get up okay let's get up at six or get up at seven and through the activities and then it's like okay at nine o'clock we're gonna go to church or we're gonna go play bridge or we're gonna go golf have a structured level of activities that they can cooperate with and participate in it's not what you want but what they can do and keep it on a regular basis keep them in familiar settings that are not overwhelming um, for example um, some people may do well in grocery stores, like taking your mother, for example, to the grocery store and you know letting her pick out fruit and vegetables may be okay for her. But for somebody else's mother, that may be a completely overwhelming experience.
0: Right, I think um, when my dad, as I mentioned in the past, kept going to the grocery store and, and buying things that he didn't need, I guess that was a type of socialization for him, but the outcome was not ideal.
1: Well, I think his wanting to go to the grocery store, as you're pointing out, was something that was comfortable for him because he felt like he was doing something. So having purpose, giving people who are cognitively impaired, again, a structured day, a structured activity um, with people that they may be familiar with so that they can maintain their abilities to be social. You know, even if they don't remember somebody's name, hello, how are you? Most of them can continue to say that, and being in a place where they can do that is a good thing. Um, we talked about the grocery store, but uh, for people who are homebodies, you know, having people come visit in the home uh, may be helpful. Um, but for these older adults, socialization on a level that is appreciated, appreciated or something they can do is better on another note when we start talking about socialization one of the risk factors for developing a little bit of brain dysfunction is not being social being socially isolated so those of us who are living alone or have parents that live alone it's a good idea to maintain maintain a social outlet whether it's regular attendance at church
0: well that's why i was so appreciative of you when you met my dad and talked to him you could tell that he wanted to be social and you suggested um, a club as i mentioned in the past he was from kingston jamaica so he you suggested a caribbean connection or anything that would sort of spark um memories and and to get him engaged and so we took your suggestion and he went to adult daycare and he absolutely loved it I mean he they did arts and crafts it was almost like when you know we were kids and he would bring home things that he had done he would made and it was a wonderful program because they took them out on excursions and it was it was controlled, and there were people there to watch them. So it was a little bit of independence, but really, you know, they were being watched, and he enjoyed it so much.
1: I think that a lot of families think that when somebody starts to have difficulty, that rather than take them out to avoid somebody's embarrassment, I said somebody's, it's not necessarily the affected person, exactly. it may be the family member, they keep their their family members shut in, (laughs) you know, like the sick and shut in at church. It's like, oh, she doesn't remember anything, let me keep her at home. And that's really not a good thing to do. And I think that as we learn more and more about Alzheimer's and related dementias, more of us have family members and we're not ashamed of it anymore. So bringing your parents out in public or your relatives, whoever it is you're caring for out in public In environments that they can continue and basically incorporating them into your life makes it a little bit easier for them and everybody else around
0: and it's perfect that you said that because it it was not a problem for my father to be out in public it was a problem for me because I felt like oh my goodness what's he doing you know he's going to disturb someone and I had to get over that now I wish I had him still to embarrass me in public. I would give anything for him to embarrass me in public. But that it as caregivers and family members, we should it's hard it's easier said than done, but we shouldn't be embarrassed.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think I think the more that people uh the more we deal with things that are maybe uncomfortable, the more the better it is for the person that's affected. You know, once upon a time we didn't discuss cancer in public, now we can, Um, and people aren't ashamed to admit that they're undergoing treatment for cancer. So when you're caring for a loved one who has uh, a brain dysfunction, no, they don't function like they used to. And so you have to remember to be patient you know when you're dealing with people with dementia they're going to repeat questions they're not going to be people who can be reasoned with you just say yes ma'am no sir whatever just keep moving along with it but most importantly for those of us who are caregivers we have to remember to be patient and everything isn't going to be perfect we need to be patient and we need to kind of go in the minute and laugh (laughs) you know if it's possible and the things that might be embarrassing, let's, uh, one of the things that I think is probably most embarrassing and difficult for family members is when people are not as neat as they used to be. You know, mommy won't comb her hair. She wants to wear the same clothes over and over again. You're going to have to create some system whereby you put clean clothes before them and you have them available so that they know what to wear.
0: That's true. That's one thing about my dad, though. Mm-hmm. My dad, his favorite saying was, I'm clean as the Board of Health. And even though um, his memory and uh, his cognition failed a bit, he still remained tidy and clean, and he was all about being clean. and So that was one good thing. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have to worry about that. But I understand what you mean.
1: Um, and another thing is in keeping them like... Um Some women are okay with this and some are not. And I had a a husband who was taking care of his wife. She always liked going to the beauty parlor and she would sit still to let the people do her hair. That's socialization for her. And she understands what she's supposed to do when she goes to get her hair done or get her nails done. And she would sit still for stuff like that. The other thing that can be kind of difficult when people are in public, and this is part of socialization, is how they eat. Sometimes people lose the ability to properly use their knife and fork. And so if that's the case, if they do better with soups, give them soup. Right. If they can't do that very well and they do finger foods really well, like fruit, Little chicken wings, Mm -hmm. you know. Finger foods are fine.
0: So you sort of have to alter the things that they come in contact with to be convenient and conducive for them.
1: Convenient.
0: Comfortable. Comfortable.
1: Yeah. Comfortable for them. It's not always about you.
0: (laughs) You're right. And we have to learn that because, you know, I was guilty. You know, I was like, oh, God, Dad, don't do that. Oh, no, Dad, you can't do that. But you should just let them be
1: (laughs) yeah you you let them be and it's sort of like um, you know like what is it my parents are now my kids so you know when you have children getting them they're well some mothers are this way some mothers are not (laughs) you know kind of lay things out for them that are acceptable to you and let them choose that way they feel like they're in charge of something You know your father's going to the grocery store he goes to the grocery store because he knows what to do there right and he's familiar with it and Um, he's
0: in charge that's
1: right he's autonomous and he's in charge and he's spending his money yes um but socialize keeping people who are cognitively impaired engaged take them around if you can't do it because you're working all the time look at quality daycare programs that have a schedule of activities and even if you keep them at home set up a schedule of activities that are comfortable for them Uh, let them go to places that they seem to enjoy and if it doesn't look like they enjoy the activity or the place don't bring them back there because that's frustrating for them really Uh, you know they get more agitated when they're uncomfortable so people like to have these big birthday parties, and it's like, Mama doesn't know my name. Don't keep shouting, you don't know my name, don't you know my name. That's right. frustrating, and it's aggravating for them. You keep things small and intimate where they feel in control.
0: So it doesn't matter if it's repetitive,
1: mm-hmm. if it's
0: the same thing every day. No. It's almost what did it say, like 51st dates?
1: <laughs> right, but they're comfortable there. Yeah, They're comfortable at home. They're comfortable doing the same thing over and over again. And, um, but, but don't be afraid to socialize them and, and, and put them in familiar environments. For some people, it's a grocery store. For other people, it's going to church, singing familiar hymns. And if they've na- lived in the same neighborhood for forever, their church is going to be someplace that they enjoy.
0: Right. I used to be out in public, and I would be apologetic, like, I'm so sorry. And then I found that there are so many people who would take me inside, oh, don't worry about it, my grandmother had dementia, I understand. Or, I know, you know, I had an uncle like that. So, sadly, there are more, more and more people who are more and more familiar with it. I mean, on the one hand, that's great, because there's an understanding. But it's kind of sad that there are so many people who are affected that people see it and they they know, they understand.
1: That's a beautiful thing because they're more accepting and then they'll probably be more willing to share their stories and they'll be more willing to help you as you do whatever it is you're doing. I actually had somebody volunteer to sit with my mother while I went into a store. She
0: said, don't worry about it, just leave her here, I'll sit with her. Wow. That was nice. That is nice. That
1: oh, was very nice. And she talked. My mother was a teacher, too. And she just sat there and
0: she talked. Really? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. People are kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People mm-hmm. are kind. And as, as long as we um, get our loved ones out in public, it's good for them. I mean, like I mentioned, you... Said to take them to adult daycare. Uh, you also mentioned, you know, small intimate gatherings and things. Structure. Why is structure important?
1: Because structure allows something to be done by rote. You know, it's it's kind of like um, what do we talk about? Physical memory. It's 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 it keeps them from being frustrated. It's like. Oh, I know I have to get up, I know I go here, I know this is what I do in this place. And so when they have a routine that they're familiar with, they're less frustrated because they won't forget things. I won't say won't forget things, they won't get as frustrated as if you just left them alone. They might forget something, but for example, if you have a structure for somebody's day and you do the same thing every day, in their minds they can, kind of get on board with that Hmm. and it's comforting because it's something again you use this word a little earlier something they can master something they can keep control of you know they say for it's usually applied to women it's like oh leave some socks undone so that they can put the socks together that's because they can look at that and say I can put socks together or folding towels you know give them fold towel folding it's like well why that because that's what they did before and they kind of know how to do that so the task that you give them has to be something that they do but more importantly structure keeps them from feeling like they're out of control and like they don't know what they're doing Mm. so giving them things to do that they can master and they can control gives them a certain sense of accomplishment too they know that they're forgetting things, but if, it's re- if you've got a system in place for them to follow, it's like they're still themselves.
0: So that's good to know. So if you give them structure, mm-hmm. keep them social, mm-hmm. it helps them. It yes. really does. Yeah. And you reassure them all the time that this
1: is okay, that's all right, let's go, we're going to do this today, that'll be all right. And they'll go along with it, they'll be comfortable. One thing, um, my mother attends adult day program, an adult day program, and she gets excited about going, and she'll say things like, where are my friends? But the thing she said the other day that was really cute, they really love me here. Mm. That was about the most I could get out of her that day.
0: (laughs) But that's awesome. Doesn't that make you feel good, that she feels good about where she goes?
1: Exactly. But she knows what the place she knows the people and you know she's not doing as much as she used to but she really enjoys it
0: and that was like my dad when he was in adult daycare it was like Cheers (laughs) everyone knew his name (laughs) and when he walked in it was like ah mr. Bailey's here and he loved it he relished in that so I think we've had a good talk today and um, it's good to know and that socialization is important And it is helpful, and it um, keeps them calm and engaged and feeling like they belong. Yes. Yes. So, So we will talk more next time. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Please visit our Facebook page, My Parents Are Now My Kids, and on Instagram at My Parents Are Now My Kids. And if you have any questions for us, please email us at my parents or now my kids at gmail.com. See you next time.